Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for listening to NeuroHive. I'm going to be really honest and upfront with you about something. We took a really big risk putting this information out for you and creating this content. I need your support to help beat the big tech and media overlords who just want to keep you addicted to complacency. They are making billions of dollars and ripping the United States apart all for the sake of keeping us dumb and numb in the place of our phones. I know a lot of you are business owners and entrepreneurs and self-driven individuals who listen to this. You are what they fear the most. Self-reliant, independent thinkers and individuals who are willing to put in the work that is required of success. To help our cause in creating impactful and transparent content to help American business owners, I need your support for the show. If I taught you something, if we gave you new insight into something that you hadn't thought about before, or even just made you smile a little bit today, please share the show. That's how we're going to grow the hive into the greatest force for good that exists out there in the world today. It doesn't have to be a social media share or story post, but... Many of you do that and it's greatly appreciated, but what it can be is the next time you're hanging out with your buddies, having a conversation with other business owners, and it comes up of what are you stuffing your brain with? What's the good stuff that you're putting between your ears? I would greatly appreciate a mention of NeuroHive. If we do a good job for you, I really would love that in return. Let's fire up B and hop into today's episode. AB, active the hive. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode. We are hopping in today with my boy, Henny Pod. What is going on, my man? Not much. Uh, doing pretty well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yep. Uh, 2022 is going to be big for uh, videos and everything I'm working on, so I'm really excited. I'm pumped. Uh, speaking of video content, man, why don't you uh, real quick just give people like a quick 30-second snapshot as to what you do and uh, really what makes your products and services really unique? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm a 17-year-old uh, videographer and photographer um, from Cincinnati, and uh, I focus on like mainly uh, music videos, specifically like rap music videos, um, and I do a lot of street photography too. Um, what really like makes me who I am is like, uh, I'm just, I'm like a one man band, you know? Um, and I do everything myself and I focus and like strive to make my brand all about the customer. Um, so any like edits or anything, like I make sure I have the customer in mind, uh, like they're at the forefront. So yeah, I'm just all about making them happy and, uh, like fulfilling my vision for creating like a great brand that, um, has the values that I have as a person in it. So yeah, going on two years too, of yeah. coming through. So, yeah. hit, so hitting that business, even during the pandemic, watching you grow was really, really cool to see somebody locally really take that yeah. and run with it. Yeah. It was, it was like perfectly timed because, uh, like I had kind of started it um, and I was honestly banking on like shooting sports and all that stuff for my school, like during that time. But then when it kind of got canceled, like it kind of allowed me to take another direction um, like during it. So I kind of went from like doing sports and stuff like that to like really dialing in and getting like my vision for the for the brand and um, for like what I wanted to do with the business, like locked in. So um, I was able to like really reach some of like my first clients. And um, since we had like so much time off, it allowed me to like really uh, make a lot of mistakes and like learn from those. So um, yeah, it was, it was really like beneficial to me. I'm 
pretty thankful, honestly, for it. So, man, it it really is a life happens for us, not to us, in that stance, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> why rap videos? Uh, so f- the funny thing is, is like music's always kind of like been a big part of my life. Um, and you know that, uh, and so I like, it kind of all started when, um, we, my family went to Chicago in like 2019 and I was like, a I was like a freshman or a sophomore. Um, and, uh, I'd been listening to like rap a bunch. Uh, it's a big part of my life. Like Cole Bennett, um, he has the biggest videography, br- uh, like brand and, you know, team for shooting videos like that. And, um, he had always been like a big inspiration, but I had never taken the jump into videos. I'd always just done photos. Um, so in Chicago, I met Dex, famous Dex. He's a really popular rapper, um, and everything. And, uh, I just remember like going back to the hotel and he was walking out and like, I just saw him and I kind of recognized him cause I listened to his music and I was like, Hey, are you famous Dex? And he's like, yeah. And, um, I was like, hey, pleasure to meet you and everything. And he was just like really cool guy. Um, and so later that night after like we talked for, we talked for probably like 15 minutes, like he was really cool. Um, I walked out again and him and his videographer were shooting a video like right in front of the hotel. And I was like, like, that's pretty sweet. And I looked at the kid and he was like my age and, um, I'm now friends with that videographer, which is pretty cool. Um, and we've kind of like bonded and stuff, which is dope. Uh, so like once I saw that, I was like, well, I can do that too. So like I had always had a passion for music and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I want to do something like that. And like, tying in the inspiration from Cole Bennett, I was like, this is, I think this is like what I want to do. So, um, I kind of expanded from just doing photos to like, Hey, I'm going to try this. And, uh, yeah, just went with it and it's worked out ever since. So that's cool. It's not being afraid to fail in that process. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, there's been like a lot of fear for like doing that because it's kind of like an out there business, especially from like where, I'm from and like the the culture I'm from, like to go and kind of like do those kinds of videos and stuff. It's kind of not looked down upon, but like not normal. So it, it definitely was like a leap of faith, but I'm like forever grateful for it. I've met a bunch of dope people through it. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that there's a ton of stories baked into there too. Oh yeah. I have, I have a lot. Um, do you want to, do you, do you want me to get into one? Yeah. Okay. What, what so. you got? So, um, this was, this was like one of the, this was, this happened in like the summer. So it was, uh, during a video, we were like in downtown and, um, we were at the studio and we were going from the studio to, uh, this gas station to film. And, uh, I had never been to the gas station, but like I've been past it before and I know it's not like the best part of town. (laughs) So so, like it's got the bars on the windows and everything. And, uh, I was like, all right, like I was with them. So I wasn't just with one person. I was with like multiple people. So we went in and I looked to my left. And as soon as I walk into my left, it's this list of people that are like banned from there for like stealing and it has like their mugshot on the, on this list. And it's probably like 20 people of like this, this list that are banned from this gas station because they either stole or like committed a crime or something. So I was like, okay, well this, uh, we're just going to film like and get out. So, um, we did this, we did the scene and everything and, uh, it went, it went good. The owner was like really cool. Um, we like ended up talking for a little bit too, which is dope. And then, uh, as we're leaving, this is, this is also like, 
probably 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like 10 o'clock. Um, and it was, I, I specifically remember cause it was like July 2nd or 3rd. I remember cause it was before 4th of July and I'll get into that. So, um, we like, we we're about to leave. Um, and I was talking to them and it was like the end of the shoot. And all of a sudden I just hear this loud bow, 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 bow. And I'm, I just like whip my head around and I look at them and I'm like, what is that? And like, it sounded like gunshots. And so I, my back was facing the store and it happened behind me. So I couldn't see it, but they were facing towards where it happened. So I look behind dude and these guys are setting off fireworks in, (laughs) in the middle of this park too. Like it's, it's the middle of this park, like in downtown, like the downtown area. And dude, I just hear it. And like all these explosions start going off and then they start lighting off, like not just one, like firework, but just multiple, like those big, like firework cakes, Mm -hmm. like they start lighting all those off in the, at once, like, and it wasn't even the 4th of July, like it was way, it was before. (laughs) And so dude, I, I, I was so scared and, (laughs) and like, I laugh about it now, but like, it's crazy. Cause, uh, the, like what the people I was with, like before we went there, I was like, yeah, are we good to go in here? And they're like, yeah, like as long as you're with us, like we're good. And I was like, all right. And so then like when that starts happening, (laughs) I start, I'm like, we're not good. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that, that was, that was really funny. Um, but yeah, that was, that was like probably one of the like closest ones I've like been really scared. And I've been in some other like sketchy ones, but not that bad. Um, like, do you want me to say another one? Yeah. I mean, all right. So, uh, dude, like one time, uh, I was, I was in a, in a shoot and it was like in the like suburb or not suburbs, but like there was a bunch of houses and it was in a downtown area. Um, and it was with, I was shooting for this guy, but it was at a house. So like when you have a shoot at a house, like a bunch of people come in, you know what I mean? And they get in the video. So, um, when I was doing that, uh, we were shooting a scene on the porch and this, like everything was going fine and stuff. And I'm at the porch in the streets behind me. So, um, this dude, uh, or not this dude, this car comes by, drives by real slow. And, um, everyone I'm shooting for, there's probably like eight or nine people on the porch and I'm at the, at the bottom of the porch shooting. They all kind of like stop. Like the dude that was performing, he just kind of like stopped and he looked up and he looked at everyone on the porch and he's like, eyes got like really big. And I was like, I don't think this is a part of the music video. (laughs) So, so he looks, he looks at the car and the car, uh, drives, drives by and has the window down and they just like roll by like really slow and like kind of stop. And like, everyone was like, what the, like, what is this? And stuff like that. And then this dude kind of like looks at him and then he just kind of like, rolls up the window and then just drives off. And then, so I was like, okay, that was like really weird. But then he kept doing it like multiple times. Like he'd stop, drive by, loop around, go back again. Like, and man, was, you act and scared. Yeah. Yeah. And he kept doing it. He did, did that probably like three or four times. And I was like, dude, what is going on? So eventually we just left that scene. But like, I felt like if I would have been there for a little bit longer, like it would have went down. Cause the house we were shooting at, it was like, trap house. <laughs> like it, it, it was, it was not in the best location and the actual house like was the stereotypical like trap house. So after that happened, like I dipped and we went on to another scene, but 
like if that would have, if I'm not sure if I'd be here, <laughs> if that, if we would have stayed there. So that was really scary. So that's <laughs> You never know. Right. Yeah. It, and the, the thing is, is like one of my friends, like the dude that shoots for famous decks, he, um, like he had a situation like that happen and, um, he got like robbed and he also like almost died. Like someone did the same thing to him, but instead they actually got out and chased him and they chased him down this lot. And like, luckily the police came in time because like he would have been shot. Like he, they, they shot at the street he was shooting on. Damn. Yeah. It was like in the middle of Compton, like California. It's a wild industry. Yeah, it is. Especially when uh, there's so much ego, right? Yeah. Even like down to the photography and into the cinematics behind yeah. what, because you're building a, you're building the brand, mm-hmm. right? You're building this idea and this emotion around who this person is. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down now so much to social and what's getting out there, what the content they're throwing out, who's in the content. In the lyrics too. Yeah, like, exactly. Like there was, um, there was a videographer who uh, he shot, this like literally happened probably a month and a half ago, he shot a video, um, for a rapper who made a diss on someone and like had like disrespectful lyrics about this dude. Um, and the videographer who wasn't even like a part of it, like he just, he got paid to film it. He filmed it. Um, and his, like his house got shot up and like his family's house got shot up, like just over filming, a video for someone that like, he's not even a part of, like, he's just doing his business, like trying to make his money. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's crazy, but, uh, luckily like there's not too much of that around here. Like I know, I know the people I work with are good. Um, and they'd never like get me into something like that on purpose, which is, uh, it's, it's good to know, you know, cause I mean, there, there's like some stuff that can't happen and I know of stuff that has happened. So it's crazy, but yeah, no, all the people I work with, they're like, they're really good people. So that's good, man. A lot of them get such bad raps around that stuff too. When, yeah. hundred percent. It, it's an art form. Right. And it's just like anything else. There's shit bags and assholes everywhere. Yeah. Right. And the likelihood that it's happening where you're at is just yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like a, a lot of it is, you know, people see on like social media, like everything that they portray and stuff like that and in their songs and stuff. But like, seriously, like there's some of the nicest people, like one yeah. of one of my clients, like I'm super close with, honestly. Um, and he asked me all the time, like if I need anything or like if, or he gives me opportunities too that aren't even with him, but he's just like tells people like, Hey, use him, use him, um, for stuff like that. So yeah, like they're just all, like one of them even asked like how I'm doing in school and stuff. So like, it's pretty cool. Like to have that relationship with someone, um, just over like photography and stuff like that, but also connecting through music is pretty cool too. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit about the rise of social and the different platforms that are emerging because a lot of, a lot of hip hop and R and B culture and rap culture drives social. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of people are ignorant to that one and two, they don't pay attention to, it's almost like the underground noise, right? Like what, what's happening now, you'll see the ripples in the mainstream in the next yeah. two to three years. Yeah. So, and it's being on top of that. Right. So how, how is it inside of your industry being able to constantly flip that and be with them as they're moving through this uncertain time? Yeah. So, um, what, like specifically what you were saying about being on top of like social media and stuff is like super big. Um, because a lot of artists, they'll be on top one day, but if you're not producing music, if you're not putting out music and you're not being active on social, um, then like 
I mean, you can fall off like the next year, you know, and then be back on the, be back working like a normal job, not being an artist. So it's, it's pretty crazy, um, how that happens. Um, but being on top is like super important and it is pretty crazy being able to like navigate, um, with the clients that I work with, um, and trying to like get them because it's, it's like a 24 hour industry. I'd say like it just flips constantly. So, um, like, like I said, if you're not using socials and that's what I try and market to a lot of uh, my clients is like, let's do a photo shoot. And they're like, well, I don't want to, but I'm like, listen, if you work with me and we get 50 photos, you're going to be able to use these, say 50 photos on your Instagram, on your, on your, all your socials and stuff like that and market yourself. Cause you know, if you have like really good photos, then like people are going to be like, Hey, like this person's one legit and two, they mean business. Right. So, um, that's, that's one thing I really do try and push, um, all my clients. So it's going to be really interesting what happens within the music scene as this NFT boom and blockchain boom really start to take off because what we're seeing is an artist can come out and be like, yo, I only want to mint a thousand copies of the CD. Right. Or of, that's or what the, Tory Lanez did. Yeah. Or of this EP or of this, uh, you know, this, this one single, right. Mm-hmm. And only put out a thousand copies of it. And then yeah. they're sitting back, they're hitting the one big push. And then it, it really kind of feeds that subculture on top of being able for them to really cut out the main majority of the job of a music uh, agency yeah. at that yeah. spot to get them the production, to get them the distribution of their music. And even with Spotify and Apple music and everything else, you can self publish. This podcast is self published. Yeah. I don't run it through anything. So the idea that this is the next big wave web 3.0 is really going to help with that music industry and it's going to rewrite what that entire process looks like. Yeah. Um, a few artists I know actually like have developed NFTs. So I definitely think like it's a growing market, um, specifically for the music industry. Um, not only like the pop culture industry with like fashion and all that stuff, because like Takashi Mirakami, he's like an artist. He has a few NFTs, um, and stuff like that, but like music specifically, I think it'll be a lot more popular to be, have the NFT and do what Tory Lanez did, which is he only made like 40,000, uh, like copies Mm -hmm. of an album and he pushed them out and they all, they all sold. So like people, people love exclusivity, right? which is like what can drive stuff. Um, so even if it's like not the coolest looking thing, if it's exclusive and you can say, I have this and I'm only one of 500 people to have this, do people will buy it? Yeah. It's that significance, yeah, right? I'm, yeah. I'm top chimp, baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming in on that. Um, I think it'd be really cool too looking at how this multimedia is going to start to evolve. Uh, I think it'd be cool if artists started to incorporate more of that multimedia aspect into it. So not only when you get the music dropped to it, you also get access to the videos, the photos. Yeah, right. Like an NFT is a video. An NFT is a package around, yeah. right? And that it's something that can't be separated. So the actual fungible token would be, or non-fungible token on that would be the folder itself that contained everything in it, not just the album. So if you got rid of it, you can't separate piece from part at that point. Like you got to get the whole thing. So it'd be like giving away a vinyl at that point to somebody that's got all this shit and it's got the vinyl, it's got the album art, it's got the lyric sheet, like everything's in People go crazy for that too, especially nowadays, like vinyl, like it's coming back. Um, not really, I guess not really as a music form exactly, but as like a collective thing, yes. like people love collecting vinyls and yeah. stuff like that. 
and they go for big money too. Well, it's the same concept, right? There's only so many in yeah. print, and when mm-hmm. one just destroyed or broken or forgotten about, like, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, and there's there's all kinds of different versions too, like um, like some bands and some like other artists I listen to, they'll have a vinyl and they'll release it when they release the certain album, but then say in a few months when they do like a tour or something, then they release that same vinyl, but the actual uh, the the actual vinyl piece is a different color and stuff oh, like that. Sick. And so people, people like love that. Like I know certain colored like vinyls or certain, uh, artworks on the same technically album. Um, they just go for crazy prices. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see that. And I think a lot more artists should do that. Yeah. And I really, I a hundred percent agree. Artists are going to start getting forced into this new wave of consumption. Yeah. So I think you're in a perfect spot for that man to just be right there with them as they're helping to move through that process, right? Because the more, at the end of the day, creative wins. And it's Mm -hmm. everything that we tell every single brand that we work with, like creative is always going to be one of the biggest variables of success for your brand. If you can't engage with your audience and be there with them as they're moving too, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, at the end of the day, it kind of just comes down to like building the relationship with the the client and not just being like a one and done kind of, you know, business, business person, I guess, like not just shooting one video and then saying, okay, bye, have a good one. It's just like building that connection, um, building a relationship with them and like, you know, asking what their vision is and collaborating. Cause I feel like then you can create not only, um, like stronger content, but more like creative and better content. And then that's what actually does the numbers. You know what I mean? It's not just uh, like quantity helps, but if it's actually like creative and stuff, especially, I don't know if it's just me, but like from a creative, uh, like perspective, like I look at music videos and if something is like way more creative and it's something that I've never seen before, I'm like, Whoa, that's crazy. Like one, I not only want to check out the videographer, but I want to check out the artist because like that video provides like, the the visual like stimulus and you're like that's sweet it catches you you know what I mean and so um, I think that like building that relationship and tying that all in together helps create better projects and helps you both grow yeah which is important it helps you both grow so it's the only way to win yeah yeah so and with that too uh, you were mentioning how different, like being able to capture different visual effects or being able to put together pieces creatively in ways that haven't been done before. That's very, it's almost like you two are being in this weird, like creative, like hurricane together, right? Like as one force is swinging one way, you're trying to figure out a way to counterbalance it and move it. So it's constantly spinning with each other, creating this really cool momentum. Yeah. And it also creates like innovation too. Um, Like I know when I see a certain video that has like an effect that I've never seen before or something that I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. Uh, I want to learn how to get to that. Like if it's something that I know is like complex, I'm like, I want to learn how to do that so I can incorporate it in my video. And so I also feel like it pushes competition too, which then produces more creativity. You know what I mean? Because like a few years ago, directors were kind of all doing the same thing and there's an, and editors too. But now like recently, um, there's a big YouTuber that does like tutorials and stuff on like complex effects and stuff. So because of that, he lets people put their own spin on effects. And I feel like recently I can see it. There's been a lot more creativeness in all kinds of videos that I've seen put out Mm. by artists and stuff. 
Isn't that funny how it comes back to like one and not even a true influencer, right? But somebody yeah. that's like deep into a certain topic, they're just that one spark that ignites. Yeah, that just, ignites the whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, like I think about Peter McKinnon in that way a lot yeah. too. Like Peter was somebody that took something that was considered to be really nerdy, really boring, like editing photos and videos and put a spark into it on a new platform that was emerging and really kind of leveraged boring tutorials that were done by mm -hmm. really boring people, yeah. right? And put cool editing to the video and made it more dynamic and brought you into his story yeah. that really allowed you, hey, I'm not only learning about this really weird, complex stuff. But it's stuff, entertaining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm storytelling while I'm educating. Yeah. That's that's like what uh, Casey Neistat did yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's like one of my big inspirations too, I would say, um, just like uh, cinematically. Um, but also like editing wise, you know, like if you look at any vlog now, dude, they all have inspiration from Casey, of course, whether they mention it or not, but like if they mention it or not, they've watched a video that someone who was inspired by Casey used in their vlog. And then even if they don't even know who he is, they saw that video and then they incorporated the same editing, like techniques and styles and stuff like that as Casey. And so it all kind of flows back to him and people just incorporating it in their videos and everything. And so, uh, then it just starts like one big, like fire yeah. and then everyone's doing it. And, uh, so yeah, I think that's like really cool. And Casey's like super influential about that certain vlogging style, I guess you'd say. So is that a lot of where we see some of these hip hop trends starting to move is more into that vlog style or are they still stick in this idea? Like I have to have, um, like all my social has to almost be looking like a music video or have some of them started to flip that around and be more interpersonal with their audience base. Um, I would say it, it sort of depends on the artists and that's like something that's tricky about being in the industry is that like every artist is so different. You know what I mean? Like even if on face value, you think that they're similar, like once you start talking to them and like their um, like ideas and everything, they're just so different. So I would say that um, like a few that I know of specifically have went to that more vlog style. Like if you know, like little pump, like little pump, he does like videos all the time, like Instagram live, Instagram live is huge for artists like that to connect with audiences and stuff because that way they can link music. They can talk to their audience and they can really connect with them. So I guess that has become like more personal, more personal and become more like a vlog, I guess, kind of, mm -hmm. but rappers aren't like making vlogs and putting them on their Instagram, um, which I think would be honestly really cool. If you do that, it's yeah, like, it breaks that barrier. You get to know yeah, more. Exactly. And people love that. People love behind the scenes stuff. Like at least me, like I'm always curious on how people are doing certain stuff. Like Cole Bennett talking about him and his videos. He does like these um, things sometimes where he breaks down uh, certain effects in his videos or how he shot this and that. And it's like really cool to see. And dude, like people will even pay for that, yeah. which is, which is even more like a way to capitalize on just, people wanting to know what your thought process is. So if rappers start doing that of them in the studio vlogging, like what they do in a day, like I put, think it could be a big opportunity. Put that out with that single that you're dropping or the album that you're dropping, right? The, the behind the scenes of you yeah. and the album or you in the studio like producing it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People would go crazy for that, especially if it's like a huge hit. You know what I mean? Um, 
So yeah, I think I think it has become more personal compared to back then, specifically because of like social media and Instagram. Like it's on Snapchat too, people can just put up like a six second video of them being in some shoe store in LA. You know what I mean? Right. And then people are like, okay, so they do do other stuff besides just like sit in uh, a studio and mix and do all that stuff. So yeah. That's really cool. I really think, man, if people started to think about the way that they are producing their business, because a lot of the people that listen are entrepreneurs, high-level performers, mm-hmm. um, getting a little bit more dynamic with what they're doing, right? Because everything right now from what I'm seeing inside of this industry of business owners and business influencers is very stale and very almost old school. Like the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just posting just to post because this dude told me I told have me to. to yeah. yeah. I got to post on IG. So I just yeah. got to do yeah. it. Right. Versus, uh, and even like with this, like we refreshed the podcast because I felt like it was hitting that wall mm-hmm. and I didn't want it to get stuck there behind yeah. that because I was limited. My, I limited my own self off of the creativity that I could put into it. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we had to pull that back a little bit. And I think people are afraid to take that step back in order to propel themselves forward. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing inside that industry, right? The idea that, and artists are used to it, the idea that I'm sitting on something for three to four months knowing that greatness is out there because I'm calling my shot and I'm working every day to put that shot there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Especially with like leaked music too. Like some of the best some like of the artists best songs that I know dude. they're all like labels won't let them put them out or, you know, like they, they, they're restricted by a contract or something, but they're like hits. Like yeah. they're top fire. charts. Yeah, exactly. They're straight fire. Yeah. And that's where like, so- I think SoundCloud like really kind of helped with that is because people put leaks on SoundCloud and stuff. And then that's what gets some buzz around mm-hmm. um, certain songs and certain artists, you know, like people, people drop snippets on Instagram live. So yeah. like doing that kind of vlog, like connecting with your audience, they drop snippets on Instagram live and then those snippets end up on SoundCloud and then on SoundCloud, it creates a buzz around them, which is really cool because then they have some hype and momentum leading up to their album or whatever. So then when that song finally drops, people go crazy for it. Yeah. Like, People, people go absolutely crazy for it. That happened with like a trippy red song. He, he leaked it and it just went crazy when it finally dropped. You're talking about something that we call trading, uh, trading up the chain of information. So this was, um, this was a really cool concept that started with like, um, it's been around in different forms, but one of the most notable that people will know it by is this idea that if I put out, I can get a, I can get a blog writer to write a blog article about practically anything, right? If I pay them mm. any amount of money, they'll yeah. write anything for me in any length. So what they would do is using certain sites like Harrow, which is help a reporter out. I could essentially hire a blog writer to write a blog article for whatever that reporter is looking for. And over time of just hitting them, eventually one of my articles is going to hit up, Right. And uh, there's been a bunch of people that did this. Like one of them was just straight punk, like prank. They were like, uh, and they were two scientists that went through and did it. And they were talking about this idea of like uh, dogs in the park turn themselves gay after <laughs> humping each other, right? Like, and it's so ridiculous. But the point was that they could hire a blog article writer to write the article. They could get it to a newspaper reporter. And then eventually it would end up on like CNN news yeah. as real information, yeah. even though they were straight trolling them from the basement <laughs> up. Yeah. And I see, I see SoundCloud, Reddit, and some of these other uh, less popular social platforms being able to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that a song was really accidentally leaked, right? Was yeah, it really yeah. accidentally leaked or did they know, hey, if I put this out here, put the leak on it, 
right? And then let this yeah. let the subculture grab it and really run with it. It's really the same thing that they're doing with trading up that chain of information there. Mm-hmm. They just hacked society or hacked social media to be able to run that same chain. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of it like that. So you taught me something. I didn't even like really think about that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's honestly it, pretty crazy, but that, it's, it's a smart tactic though. Yeah. It happens all the time. And yeah. it's, it's not just with mainstream news. Like we see it as market. I see it all the time as a marketer, like brands that are trying to pop instead of going, cause it, it's almost damn near impossible to get. Um, so a really good example, the guy that created beats, right. Beats by Dre. Yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah. yeah so his marketing team was run by a guy named Omar and Omar worked for Nike. He did a bunch of other brands like Campbell's soup. And when Dre hired him, he wanted to get Michael Phelps to wear the beats, uh, mm-hmm. the big ones for the Olympics. Right. And Michael wanted some ridiculous number, like $50 million to wear them. When, yeah. Like <laughs> that, like, like coming into the break back then that was like crazy too. Yeah. I'm, it, beats came around like 2007 ish. So like, so, that's crazy. So this was then. the London Olympics is when this started to happen. Yeah. So like 2007, 2008. Yeah. So instead he knew he couldn't get Michael. He tried, he was like, Michael's going to cost me like $50 million to get me this deal. So he said, what am I going to do? I'm going to, because he got uh, let go from Nike and Nike wouldn't take his ideas that he had for marketing. So Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, like they were all based around social and trading up the chain of Twitter. So what he did is he set up shop across from Nike's (laughs) headquarters where the Olympics was at in London. And he gave all the athletes a studio space to hang out with and a viral spot for them to take photos of with them with the product. They all got beats uh, on the house type of thing. And they were like, oh man, is this really going to work? And every single person in the Olympics that year was wearing, wearing the Beats them. headphones, and so yeah. was Michael. But it all started because people were trading this shit on Twitter, being yeah. like, yo, like you can grab these headphones here yeah. and trading up the chain and end up getting to them. So you got Michael to yeah. wear the headphones for free. And, so, yeah, you save $15, $15 million or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I didn't I didn't know about that, but that's that's pretty funny, honestly. But it, it happens, all, like brands do this all the time. Like figure out a way to start low. And what's something, what, like every single campaign that you have, whether it's for a video or for music or for a product that you're dropping should have like a virality aspect to it. Like mm-hmm. what's your viral plan to make this thing go? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like humorous or not. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't have to be super crazy and elaborate, but like if you're going to invest the money, why would you not figure out a way to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Especially for artists, like artists need to get their shit out there in order for them to make music off of albums and downloads and everything else and merch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty crazy that like what you're saying is, uh, it's, I can like think of a few examples and it's like Lil Pump. He, he has like a saying like a it. Like, dude, he, (laughs) he blew up, he made a song about it and people started like memeing on him and they were making all these jokes about him. And, um, like, but he, he capitalized off it and like he went crazy. That's like uh, in the in the election is like he went to Donald Trump's like rally. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, he like called him up on stage or whatever. And dude, he went crazy. Like his music was doing numbers <laughs> and he hasn't even dropped anything in like two years. But just off of like creating that little like viral point of meeting Donald Trump. And like he's a rapper that has face tattoos and everything. And like he's just he's I think he's 20 years old. Right. And people just joke about him, but like him going to that and he had like the, the hat on everything and him shaking the president's hand, like some 20 year old rapper with face tats, like is, <laughs> is shaking the president's hand. Like people went nuts off it. Oh, and, and the hate that came from it. Yeah, oh sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it only, it only helped them because it, more people started listening to his music because it was all over every single news site. So. I love it, man. Hey, we got to start wrapping this up. Any final thoughts that we can uh, pass along and wrap this thing with? 
uh, find your lane and kind of just capitalize on it uh, and you really dig deep on your your strengths rather than like focusing on your weaknesses, I would say. Um, so, yeah, that's like kind of really what's gotten me to where I'm at, um, just focusing on what I'm good at, not trying to be someone else, um, but at the same time, learning how to kind of grow and adapt other people's styles in mind. So, and create my own path. So I love it, man. I'm super proud of you. Where can people find more about you? Uh, yeah. So I have a YouTube, uh, Henny productions, H E N N Y. Um, that's my YouTube. And then my Instagram is Henny dot productions. Uh, that's where I post most of my content and everything. So love it, man. Thanks for being on yep, guys. As always go make somebody smile today. It's amazing what type of impact it can have on their life. Peace.